Have you ever looked at another woman's life and wondered how she got through a very difficult time? Perhaps even thinking you just don't have what it takes. Just maybe it was God's grace that carried her this far. Oh, can't you see that grace carried me here? Welcome to the very first podcast of Carried by Grace. I'm your host, Mary Spoonauer. Each week we will be digging into the stories of people who've gone through great trials and examining the grace that God gives to sustain us during those times. We have some very exciting guests lined up for you. Some of the women that we have lined up have come from broken marriages where their husband have left them. Um, Some have children who have faced some major illnesses and how they have journeyed through that with them. Um, There are those who have faced extreme illnesses There are those who have faced extreme trauma, whether in their lives or the lives of their family members. We're going to talk with women who have gone through miscarriages or loss of all kinds. And so I challenge you to join us as we look at God's grace and how it has sustained each of these women where they are. Each person that we have scheduled to come, they're not perfect people. They're going to have some things that maybe you don't agree with. They're going to go through some struggles and trials that you might say, I wouldn't have handled it that way. But the wonderful thing about our Lord and Savior is that each time that we go through something, it is very specific to us and what we need to go through and what God is teaching us through those times. So each one is not perfect. Don't expect them to be. Don't expect them to have everything laid out and perfectly planned. And don't expect them all to have happy endings. Some of them don't have happy endings. Some of them have endings that aren't even done yet. And God is still working on their story, trying to teach them and train them still. But I think that we can learn and grow through their stories and through what God has given them for this time and for you. When God impressed upon my heart to start this podcast, he laid on my heart the verse in 2 Corinthians chapter 1 that says, The God of all comfort who comforteth us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. And that is the verse that has just clung to me through this process. And so that's the goal of this podcast is to bring others who've gone through great struggles and trials and to bring comfort to those who are also going through struggles and trials. Um, Our theme verse for this podcast, I did pick one because I, I wanted something for me to focus on and for us to continue to look at. And that is 2 Corinthians 12 and verse 9. And it says, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. God is perfecting us, isn't he? He's trying to make us more like him. And that is our goal, is to be more like Christ. Today, in today's podcast, I would like to begin with my personal story. Um... 
my story, of course, begins actually very young. Um, some of the trials and tribulations that I experienced started when I was just a child. My growing up years, my parents had a very tumultuous relationship. And it was during those times that God's word became very real to me. I remember as a very small child sleeping with my Bible. Um, there were times where I would be very afraid, very anxious. And during those times, I would open up his word and read what he had to say to me. And then I would um, carry that Bible on my chest and lay down with it. And I would sleep with my Bible to give me peace and comfort. As I grew up, um, I got married fairly young. Uh, actually, I was 19 when I got married. And my oldest child was born when I was 21. At the age of 22, I began experiencing some very major pain. Um, I'd actually developed a, an extremely sore throat and what I thought was just a virus. But that virus left me in extreme pain all over my body. Within about a year, I was diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis. And uh, it wasn't long after that that I began experiencing some very extreme fatigue. I began being tired to the point that I would take several naps throughout the day. I would have to sleep sometimes in the morning and sometimes in the afternoon and the doctors were trying to figure out exactly what was wrong as I went through that period of time um, my mom came to help sometimes um, she had lived with us a little bit and then moved out again and she came to help a little off and on because I had a, a small child and on my son's second birthday we were in a very severe, life-threatening car accident. Um, I was rushed into emergency operation because my spleen had burst and I was bleeding to death. I had been dealing with what I did not know was Felty's syndrome due to having rheumatoid arthritis and almost died during that time. God was so gracious. He spared my life. But I went through a great upheaval of my faith. I had grown up in a Christian home. I had grown up as a Christian kid and began questioning if everything that I knew about God was true. Um, because I didn't feel his presence at that moment when we were impacted in the car accident. I did not feel that God's presence was there with me. And I thought, how can I be a believer? How can I be saved and not feel God's present at presence at such an extreme moment of time? And so I began to question my faith. I went through about another year, I would say nine months, of very deep, dark depression. I was going through several surgeries, one right after another, going through some very dark spiritual times, emotional times. I remember at one point laying in my bed and looking across on my dresser and there was a bottle of Vicodin that the doctor had given me for pain 
and thinking if I just swallowed every pill in that bottle, I could go to sleep and not wake up and not have to deal with this. And thankfully, I had a two-year-old boy, and the Lord reminded me that I needed to be there for him and to be his mama. And I'm so thankful for that. I'm so thankful that God brought me through those dark times. There were so many nights where my husband would read scripture to me, and we would sing, and we would give thanks of praise to the Lord, trying to overcome the depression Um, To this day, if my children are sad or discouraged, I say, give me three things you're thankful for. We go through that quite often in my home as I have several teenagers right now and young adults in my home. And that, honestly, all of that praise and all of that gratitude and all of that thanksgiving, the Lord used it in my life to help me get me through some of my darkest days I will say that those were some of my darkest days, and I've been through a lot. Um, But then as I got through that period, and the Lord did bring me out, it felt like coming out of a cave. I still struggled off and on with a lot of health issues, um, just small things, never being very healthy, never being well. But that's part of having RA, rheumatoid arthritis. It's just part of the journey. You never really feel well. Everything is a struggle. And then um, my husband took a pastorate, and we had been in the ministry just a couple of years, and I had a miscarriage. And after that miscarriage, the doctors noticed that some of my blood work was off. And so they began running tests, and after many tests and biopsies, etc., I was diagnosed with thyroid cancer. I was able to, and just blessed, to go through a thyroidectomy, which is a removal of your thyroid, and then I went through some radiation treatments, which were very mild compared to what some people go through. I will not blow it up and make it bigger than it was. It was hard. It was traumatic. It's hard to be told you have cancer, and I had very small children again still at that time, but it was not what some people suffer with chemo. And that kind of thing. I was very blessed. And the Lord allowed me to go through about another six to nine months of cancer and treatments and trying to recover from that. A year later, after I was cleared and all was good, everything looked great, I got pregnant again with my fifth child. And that pregnancy particularly was very difficult on my body. I remember, especially toward the end, I had to be on bed rest. I was limited so much in what I could do to take care of my family and how I could provide for them just simple things, meals and and taking care of the littler ones. I had some that were four and six and, um, and it was a very difficult time. And after she was born, my sweet, precious rainbow baby was born. I developed a virus. I actually developed several. I spent a little bit of time going to the ER off and on. I was very sick off and on. I developed Bell's palsy. I developed other flu-type viruses. And one of those viruses, as often happens with being sick, I felt dizzy. 
you're weak, you're tired, you're dizzy, you have headaches, that kind of thing. But particularly after this virus, the dizziness that came with it never left. I felt better, I felt healthy, but I was dizzy. I was dizzy to the point where I could not walk downstairs well. I could not stand for long periods of time without feeling like I was going to fall over. Uh, I struggled hard with taking showers, standing in the shower, closing my eyes. It was a very difficult season of trial. And I spent years going to doctors, having different neurological tests, trying to discover what it was that had caused my extreme dizziness. The doctors never actually did find anything or give me an official diagnosis. One day I was with my physical therapist. They knew I had dizziness and they were working with me on that. And my blessed physical therapist, um, I praise the Lord for him, but he said to me, Mary, I think you have what's called PPPD or 3PD. And as I began to investigate this and I looked up all of the criteria for having this particular, I don't want to call it a disease, but um, a condition, I fit every single one of those criterium. And I look at it now and now at least I have a name to put to what I'm dealing with, but there's no real um, help or treatment. It's something that I live with on a daily basis. God has been gracious to me over the last 12 years. That's how long I've been blessed to have dizziness, chronic dizziness. Um, it is to the point where I can shower now. I can get in the car and drive myself at least around our small town. I cannot drive long distances. I am pretty much town bound, not as much house bound, but I am town bound. I don't go long distances of any kind. But through it all, God has spoken to me in each trial that he's taken me, in each struggle, in each health struggle that he's given me. He has given me a passage of scripture or some great calming peace that I know is directly from him. Particularly when I was given my cancer diagnosis, the Lord brought me to a verse in 1 Peter, and that is 1 Peter 5.10. But the God of all grace, who has called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that you have suffered a while, make you perfect, establish, strengthen, settle you. And God told me in that moment, Mary, you're going to go through some pretty great trials and it's going to be a while. There's going to be some long-term suffering and some long-term hardships, but I'm doing it to make you perfect. And I'm doing it to establish you and to strengthen you and to settle you. And I really hate those times. <laughs> I hate it when God is strengthening us. It's like when you work out in the morning 
it feels so good, right? When you are done with your workout and you know that you've accomplished something and you know that the benefits of a trimmer waist or a more muscular arm are coming your way, but it sure hurts the next morning. It's painful. It's a trial. It hurts. And God does that with us in our spiritual life. He works out those spiritual muscles and he strengthens them and he helps us to pull them and push them in ways that are not comfortable and they're painful. And we look sometimes and we cry out in agony and say, Lord, I don't understand why you're allowing this or what it is you're doing. And even though he might give us verses and he might give us things that promote peace in our own heart, even in that we struggle a little bit, don't we? There have been times where he's reminded me of the woman with the unjust judge and to just keep asking. And that's hard because I also get to points in my life where I think, you know what, I'm just going to deal with this. It's just the life I've been given and I'm just going to function with it the best I can. But then sometimes he wants me to just keep asking, keep going to him. Keep leaning on him. Don't get comfortable with the fact that you've got this. I think he stretches me so that every time I can go back to him and I can lean on him again and I can trust in him again. I'm not fond of it. I don't like all the struggles and trials. My hands are a little bit crippled and I play piano and there are times where that can be a real struggle trying to play piano on days when my hands hurt for church. Um, I have nodules on the bottom of my feet from my RA and so I have to buy certain shoes um, so that I can walk long distances and not be in pain and be on my feet all day. So how do we do it? How do we live day to day? in the face of such adversity? How do we keep going when we're facing cancer or rheumatoid arthritis or 12 years of daily dizziness or whatever it is that you're going through? How do we face those challenges and still keep being productive for the kingdom? What's the secret? What makes it happen? First of all, I would say the most important Thing that you can do for yourself is to be daily in the Word of God, to continually walk with Him day to day. That means that every day you need to have that Word near to your heart. Just like as a little girl, when I carried it close to my heart, I would sleep with it. We need to carry that throughout our day to day lives. We need to continue to keep God's word close. I'm not going to tell you you have to do it in the morning. I'm not going to tell you you have to do it for so long. I am going to tell you that you need to have a daily walk where you meet just you and God and you let his word speak to you and make a difference in your heart. The second thing that you have to do is be in prayer. You have to spend time in prayer. And I would challenge you, don't just make it a part of your day. Don't just take 5 or 10 minutes or maybe even 15 or 20 and make your list and go through your list and then you're done for the day. 
Prayer needs to be part of the conversation between you and the Lord. Just like you talk with your husband or your children or your family members throughout the day, your walk with God should be the same way. You should be in constant prayer every day, all day. The Bible says that we are to pray without ceasing, and that's what that is. It means that while I'm downstairs folding my laundry on by my dryer, I'm talking to God about what he has for me to do in that situation. So you have to be in the word. You have to be in prayer. There are also times where you have to rest. There were times when I was going through cancer and then now with my dizziness, I've learned that there are things that I have to say no to. I have a tendency to be a type A personality. I want to take everything on and I want to do it perfectly. And obviously I don't do that, um, but that's my innate nature. I want to be able to do that. And all of this has taught me that there are, I need I need to take time to see what my body can handle. And that may mean that there are things in our church that don't get done because maybe nobody else is doing it and I see it as a need. It needs to be done, but maybe that's not me. Sometimes we see things that we think need to be done, but actually God doesn't necessarily want that done. And we're taking it on to ourselves when we don't need to. Um, We need to look at things and really spend time in prayer and asking the Lord, is this something that you want me to do? And if the answer is no, be willing to say no. And that might mean that people's feelings are hurt. That might mean that some people are offended. But what you need to do is decide if your body can keep up with that, if your life schedule can handle that. If God has not instructed you to do something, that's a whole different issue. If God wants you to do it, then you need to make it work. But sometimes we take on things that God has not particularly intended for us to do. We just think it needs to be done. Or someone asks us and we feel pressured to do that. And maybe your marriage is not in a place where you can handle that. Maybe your uh, family life is not in a place where it could handle the strain of that ministry or that project that needs to be done. And so you need to make the availability of the word no, the gift of no. My children often uh, will joke, I will joke with them, that I am giving them the gift of no. And that's okay. You can give people the gift of no. So make sure that every day you are in that word, you are in prayer, and then that you have the gift of no. That's an okay gift to give people. Ladies, don't put so much pressure on yourself every day that you can't handle the demands that God is asking you to do. That's our first and foremost goal, is to do those things that God wants us to do. That includes your husband. That includes your family. That includes your church and your church ministries. And then beyond that, there's so much discretion. Seek counsel, seek advice, and seek wisdom. Don't be afraid to also turn to others who've been down that road before you. Titus 2 challenges us as women to teach women younger than us. And I think that means not only younger in age, but younger in faith and younger in spirituality. 
And so maybe you know someone who's older in the faith and older in spirituality or just older in age who's been down that road. Someone who you can go to and say, I'm struggling in this area. I'm having a trial in this area. I'm having something in this area that I need help with. Can you please help me? It is our responsibility as believers to help each other, to encourage each other, but then to be humble enough to go for help when we need it as well. Don't be afraid to do that. I also hope and pray that this will encourage you to help others to give of yourself and your story and pour out what God has done in your life so that you might be a comfort and an encouragement to those around you who need to hear what God is doing in you and through you for his glory. No matter what we face, God's grace will carry us through. Use his strength for your journey. If you know of someone who has a story of God's amazing grace working in her life through hardship, we would love to hear from you. Oh, can't you see that grace can